for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast defining your journey, how you got to where you're at. It's brought to you every single week for free by some of our good friends, like our good friends over at Dutik Brand. Check them out, dutikbrand.com, dutikbrand.com. When you're checking out, whether you're getting a training card, a fantastic notebook, there's some new books that just came out uh, that you're going to get from there. They've got an amazing T-shirt, which we saw our good friend Tiffany sporting at the showcase uh, this past weekend. or we, you've heard us talk about this for the last couple of weeks, and Nick, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Um, last week on the show, uh, our good friend Adelaide Gate from uh, Dutik Brand did a nice little uh, promo for us, talking about what she was thankful for. And I said, you know, I think you could do, I think you could do voiceover work. I think you could do a commercial, and I really want you to do a commercial for the Dutik Brand neck warmer. What do you think about that, Nick? So again, having never experienced a neck warmer, all I see is people loving on the neck warmer. Like I, I we talked about it. I, I don't remember when it was, but that it's not something you think you need until you realize that you yeah. were missing on it your entire life and your life was completely changed. Like it was very similar to one of our other sponsors, the Torx ball pump. Because like you never knew you needed something like that until you had it. And you're like, why was I missing out on this my entire life? That's how well, I feel about the core. And that was an excellent segue, except we got to take, we got to say one more time, dutikbrand.com, use the promo code soccer chat for a discount. We're dead. These neck warmers that we're talking about. And I do have on high authority that I'm fairly certain that there's going to be a new, uh, there's going to be a full stock of neck warmers at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in January in Baltimore. So uh, I've already called dibs on one of those, so y'all going to have to wait and get all the others. Uh, and yeah, that's even including Nick. And as he said, it's Torx, T-O-R-R-X.com for the world's greatest ball pump. I don't think it's been it's ever been said even any better than what Nick just said. It's one of those things that you didn't know you needed until you had one. And actually on Soccer Chat uh, last night, for uh, one of the questions was, what do you want Santa to bring you for coaching this year? And a lot of people said the Torx. So shout out to Torx. Check them out on Twitter at T-O-R-R-X soccer or their website, T-O-R-R-X.com. Get yourself a Torx. See what it's all about. See what all the hype's all about. And then realize the hype is real. Big shout out to our friends over at Soccer IQ, Ellis Riley and the mates leading out with fantastical tactical questions for soccer chat every single week, hit them up, see what they've got for you and your team to use, to build that tactical knowledge for your team. What an exciting weekend. Uh, lots of college soccer wrapping up, actually all of college soccer wrapping up. Uh, but uh, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about my new favorite player. And as of course, he's Nick, I'm Sean, Nick. I think that I am the biggest Katie Meyer fan in the state of Indiana. <laughs> I mean, I, as soon as I saw her, I knew that you would be a fan. I mean, oh, it was just, that, 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 that man, that world that melts my heart. I didn't think you were going to say that, but I was like, there's a chance he might say when I saw her play, I thought of you and I'm, I, man, I'm going to cry now. That makes me so happy. <laughs> like, it was just, like from the first moment of the semifinals when like she saves a PK and like get like I was like Sean would be like all hyped about that. Like if he's her coach, Sean's like uh, it has to be restrained from going to give her a hug on the field at that point. I'm on the field. So I watch <laughs> I watched that game uh, and that was actually one of the that PK save that she made in the first half 
was one of the last things that I saw because um, I, I was uh, I Quinn and I stayed up. Uh, that game started late in our area, so Quinn and I got to stay up and, and watch it for a little bit, and then we we went to bed at halftime. But I remember sitting there watching it with Quinn, and Quinn was like, "Do you think uh, she's going to make the PK?" I'm like, "I don't know." I was like, "There's just something with this keeper that that I just I don't know. Just something feels right." And lo and behold, she blocks the PK and sprints and gets in front of this girl's face and just flexes on her. <laughs> and uh, and I remember Quinn was just like, oh, I think she's mad. And I was like, she is hype. And, you know, then come to find out, because uh, instantly on Twitter, everybody's going crazy about it. Of It's unsportsmanlike, yeah, yeah, yada. And I, I saw somebody had a great tweet and said, we celebrate guys who celebrate getting sacks in a football game. We celebrate guys who celebrate getting an out in a baseball game. We celebrate when people slam dunk the basketball and start flexing and doing whatever. Why can we not allow goalkeepers to celebrate if they've blocked a PK? Because we also know, know what's on what's said on the field. And I guess reports have come out that um, the person who took the PK had said, you know, get at the keeper, get at the keeper. She's the weak link. And apparently that was the switch that homegirl needed. And Katie Meyer balled the rest of the weekend. Yeah. I know. I mean, it was just a fun weekend in general. I think it was a lot of contrasting styles, which was cool for me too, because I get, you know me, I'm very big into, I don't think there's one right way to win a soccer game. And so just watching all the different styles and the different players in the weekend, I mean, the biggest takeaway I had for the weekend is I think everyone's kind of worried about what the women's national team is going to look like after this old guard graduates with uh, like Rapino and Alex Morgan, Kristen Press, Tobin Heath, like what we're going to like Sophie Smith and Katarina Marcario, if she ends up picking uh, the United States over Brazil, we're going to be just fine. Like, oh, absolutely. Oh, Sophie Smith, like, was for me the breakout star from the weekend. Like, and you'd heard about her, like, growing, like, over the last few years, like, especially she's been a, a very well documented player with the youth national teams on the women's side. But, like, getting to see her on national TV in that semifinal, dropping a hat trick and just couldn't be touched. I mean, like, everything she touched turned to gold. It was like, I'm looking at it like, we're going to be just fine if, if we keep having players like her coming through the system. Well, I made the tweet. Uh, we need to cap Macario now. Oh, like, I mean, now. she's a baller. She is an absolute baller. And I think also uh, low key, uh, I'm a massive mass fan. I can't, I cannot remember her first name off the top of my head, but I know it was the Staley girl uh, for Stanford uh, or Haley. I'm sorry. Uh, Dad was a famous football player. I think she is the forward that. Uh, she, you know, I think when like Sydney LaRue was like starting to really kind of break into her, to, into the mold, um, Haley reminds me a lot of her. But I man, no. put put Smith, put like, Smith was, Haley and Macario representing yeah. the United States together. We don't lose ever, ever. Yeah. No, Haley, it was funny. So I was actually at the final four last year and I remember thinking like, so Stanford lost to Florida State in the game that I saw last year. And I remember thinking that like the forward line, like honestly, all of them kind of had a weird game. Like they, they didn't work that hard. They didn't track. I don't know. It was a weird day. The thing that I loved about Mass and Haley this weekend was like her work rate up top, like just everything. Like she was flying in tackles, checking back into space, finding spots, like everything about her this weekend was just, I mean, honestly, like 
she was def- definitely one of the unsung because she's she's a player. If you're not paying attention, you don't notice because she's just doing all the right stuff and helping her her teammates out, and not getting as much credit as like a Sophie Smith who drops a hat trick or Mercario who's going to be national player of the year most likely. Like you're not going to get that type of hype, but she was. I mean, again, I think you sp- hit it perfectly on the head. She was special this weekend. Oh yeah, I there was just something about. There was no physical physicality that any team could match her with without fouling her. And even when yeah. they tried to foul her, she didn't go down. And if you tried to foul her, you went down. And I'm just like, that's the truth. That whole that Stanford team and the and the defender on the right side, Kiki, that oh, I, that girl can cool. ball too. She may little, be five two, but that girl. don't matter. Yeah. She yeah, might she's... only be five two, but that don't matter. No, she is. I mean, she is awesome. Like just seeing her live last year was insane too, because she's so tiny. I mean, she looks tiny on TV in person. She looks tinier. I got it's, it's absolutely insane. The craziest thing about every player we just talked about, they're not graduating. Yeah. Literally every player that we just mentioned, I mean, most of those players are juniors. I think uh, Macario, Kiki and uh, Haley are all junior. I think Sophie Smith's a sophomore and Katie Myers, a redshirt freshman. Like, Stanford That's my is, dog. That's my dog. It's probably going to be pretty good next year too. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, they're, they're graduating some key players. Don't get me wrong. Like everyone does every year, but like that, like we just named five players that are the probably five most important players and they're all back next year. Absolutely. And who knows what type of recruiting class they've got coming in as well, I especially mean, coming I'm off sure of a national Paul's championship. Doing, I'm, I'm sure Paul's doing okay for himself. Oh, like, for sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, if he needs any help, he can call uh, Sean and Nick from soccer check. Yeah, we we'll, we'll just come hang out. Like, I mean, you don't even like, we'll just be your hype people. Like we'll just keep telling you, you're doing a great job. Let, let me just run onto the field to get a card for celebrating uh, with Katie Meyer. I, I will gladly, <laughs> I will gladly accept the cards uh, for that. We'll uh, take one for the team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and I, it, it strikes me, you know, we're talking about these players for the national team and whatnot. And, and I, I honestly personally don't know much about the, the youth national program uh, on the women's side. Uh, you know, I can only think of when it comes into the goalkeepers that I've seen play this year. Uh, and I, I've, I've watched a lot more uh, women's college soccer games this year than I, than I have in years past. Um, but I, you know, I used to always say that, um, Brooke Heinsohn from Duke, who I always thought would would be a very good, uh, suitable keeper uh, for the national team, and I know that she had done uh, some some work with the youth national team. Um, but I feel like you know her and Katie Meyer. Katie Meyer, I think, would go very under the radar. And when you think of like that true like American, I mean, if you think about like when Tim Howard was a goalkeeper uh, for United States, I mean, the emotion that he played with, I see that in Katie Meyer, and I don't know why you wouldn't at least bring her into camp because there's just like there's you always have to have that person on your roster there's got to be that person who constantly has the energy who constantly is getting people going and is there when you need them because they'll still be able to perform when called upon and i you know if i'm vlatko i'm bringing her in yeah oh i mean like she's Honestly, like both the goalkeeper, I mean, I, I like I felt bad for the North Carolina goalkeeper because she had such a great season as well. And it's I mean, again, there's I mean, it's okay. really, really hard. I'm glad you brought her up. And, and this this because okay, I was going to save this for a while. Or actually, I wasn't going to say anything at all. So I'm watching the finals with my wife and anybody who knows Casey, she's a casual fan. You know, she watches when I coach. She watches when when our kids play. She watches games every now and then um, with me. But she's very good at making certain observations. 
And she was watching the game. And as the time kept going on, kept going on, she was becoming a Katie Meyer fan herself. And she would just kept saying, she's like over and over. She's like, man, like the Stanford girl, uh, is so like hyped up. Like, you know, I don't know if anybody's matching her intensity. And, um, before the PKs happened, she's like, you know, when you're a coach, what do you always say in a PK shootout? I said, I always tell my keeper, you just have to block one, just block one and everything will be fine. Um, and when Katie Meyer blocked the very first one and instantly they zoomed in on the Carolina keeper when she was standing in the goal and my wife was like, she doesn't want to be there. And I yeah. was like, yeah, she was like, look at her face, look at her emotion, look at her body language. She was like, I don't know how this would work, but if I'm the coach, I'm like, no, you're coming out. Like I need somebody in who wants to do this. Uh, she's yeah. like, that girl looked like she wanted nothing to do with that shootout. And every time they zoomed in on her face before a kick was taken, she just looked like not even in the same ballpark as the rest of the people there. Yeah. I mean, the thing with her, if like you watch, her, that's just kind of her personality. Like she, if you watch her throughout the entire season, like, and I, I wouldn't say I saw every single North Carolina game, but like when you watch her, that's just kind of how she is. She doesn't, she, she like, she'll make a big save and has zero like, excitement she's like yeah and like i was supposed to do this it's probably this is my job you know like i i like it, it's it's a really bizarre thing with her like where like she definitely doesn't have a like a huge emotional attachment to making safe she was just like she well, you don't very, even have to be you don't even have to be like all crazy jacked up but she just the, the look on her face the body language that she gave off was like oh boy yeah oh no i agree i like like if you like both of those, like their styles, could not have been more contrasting, especially in that shootout. And then, and Meyer blocking that first kick, I don't think helped her any. Helped the the Carolina keeper any. Oh, I think, no. I, think I think, I think had Carolina scored the first one, I think we would have saw, you know, the Carolina keeper in there, like you said, calm, you know, ready to make a save. But man, her body language, her facial expressions, just, I mean, like I said, my wife's a casual fan, and she was like, she does not want to be there. Like she'll still, yeah. she's like, she'll still make a save, but she does not want to be there. And you know what? As a as a person who's never played goalie other than for like 15 minutes, I wouldn't want to be in a PK shootout either, especially <laughs> in the national championship game. I'd probably I you know what, Carolina keeper, I would have the same look on my face, except I'd have like streaks running down my leg because I honestly would be going to the bathroom if I was in that <laughs> same situation. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's not a spot I would prefer to be in. Yeah, absolutely not. Well, a spot that we do love being in is bringing you guys illustrious guests every single week. And as we've said, uh, you know, the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Baltimore is coming up very, very shortly. Uh, we want you guys to come there with us. We've already announced that David Copeland-Smith is going to be there from Beast Mode Soccer. We've already announced that uh, Sean Danhauser is bringing some new friends of his to Soccer Chat Live. And as announced last night, our good friend, Becky, 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 Becky. Becky Burley. Yes, that's right. Becky Burley, not from the University of Florida. Becky Burley from the 100th episode of Soccer Chat is going to be joining us in Baltimore. So make sure to uh, mark your calendars, get that set uh, for the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Go online and sign up now. Get registered at UnitedSoccerCoaches.org. And more with our guest that we have, who's going to talk more about the convention and everything United Soccer Coaches. And it's coming up after this. Hi, it's Becky Burley from the University of Florida. I was like, so excited to be on the 100th episode of Soccer Chat that I'm coming back to you from Baltimore. 
live on January 17th at 10 a.m. Stop by the Soccer Chat podcast row on January 17th at 10 a.m. And we'll talk a little bit more about what drives winning and what really does drive winning. Come start your morning right with Nick, Sean, and Becky. about a year in the making and after uh, we met this this young esteemed gentleman uh, in Chicago last year um, we tried to set up a time because we wanted to know more about him because he had such a great uh, interesting story and just a little bit of time that we got to speak with him in Chicago and I think it was worth the wait uh, and and it's there's no better guest that we wanted to have on to get you guys ready for the United Soccer Coaches Convention coming up in just about a month's time. Uh, we, we definitely want to have some representatives from United Soccer Coaches on and, and talk about the convention, talk about their role uh, within the convention and within United Soccer Coaches. But as I was talking about this esteemed young gentleman, the man with the golden voice, joining us once again, long form, it is Mr. Giovanni Pacini. Mr. Giovanni, how are you? Well, listen, let's just start with young and esteemed. You're already my favorite person in the world. You know, well, young and esteemed. That, that, that's open for uh, debate, I think, uh, amongst <laughs> a lot of people. But uh, no, it's, it's been worth the wait to hang out with you guys. Yes, indeed. It's been almost a year since we met and uh, we chatted out in Chicago. And uh, so, so here we are. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be with you guys. Now that I think about it, I'm not even really sure I know what the word esteemed means. But I just know everybody's put, everybody always puts young and esteemed together. So I just went with it. Listen, uh, Sean. I'm running with it. Okay, let's I, go with it. I'm running with it. <laughs> uh, you know, we kind of we kind of touched a little bit uh, on your on your background um, when we chatted at uh, convention in Chicago. Uh, but you know, as always, there's probably new listeners who may have not heard that episode or maybe just catching on to to soccer chat. So we always kind of to understand who you are, the coach. Now we got to kind of know how you got to where you are, where you're at now in, in your coaching career. Well, it's it's uh, let's see. It's almost 40 years. How much time do we have? Uh, we got about, we can do a minute per year if you want. Well, I don't know if we'll do all 40 years, but I'll kind of give you the uh, the uh, cliff note uh, version of it all. So you know, kind of working backwards, currently, um, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm with United Soccer Coach. I'm a national staff coach, national, national goalkeeper staff coach. I serve as the state director for United Soccer Coaches for Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and New Hampshire, uh, three great states, uh, which means I, I help oversee uh, coaching education in those three states. Uh, I also work for USYS as an East Region staff coach, which is a pretty cool gig. Uh, been involved with that for, uh, for a little while now. I spent, uh, my goodness, uh, almost oh, 30, 38 years uh, as a coach, starting uh, at the high school level. 
And then most of it was in the college level. Uh, I spent 26 or seven years. It's all a blur. So if I, if I say 25, 26, 27, it's, it means it's a blur. I uh, totally as a head get coach, that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, at the, at the, as a head coach, um, I left as head coaching about five years ago and have been serving as the goalkeeper coach over at Regis College, which is in Weston, Massachusetts, with my good friend, Renato Capabianco. Shout out to him, uh, who's the head coach there. I, I, I coach the goalkeepers there. So I still have a hand in the college game, uh, but as a goalkeeper coach, but did spend uh, a number of years uh, as a head coach at the college level. And started all back a, a bazillion years ago at the high school level, like a lot of us, uh, at Weymouth North High School. Uh, Weymouth North, just uh, Weymouth, just outside of Boston, which is my hometown. Where, I, where it all started. And so, yeah, um, you know, over the course of these many years, essentially, if it's round and some somebody's kicking it, I'm not too far away. I'm not too far away. So <laughs> well, I know that. That's in a nutshell. Well, I know that when we had talked last, uh, and we'll get into the the coaching and the United Star coaches here in a bit. And as everybody knows with the show, I kind of take the left turns uh, in, our, in our interviews and stuff. Uh, when we had talked at uh, convention, uh, you happen to be asking us a lot of questions because we mentioned that, you know, you were the voice actor and you were doing the voiceover work. And as we said, you know, the man with the golden voice here with us, um, you know, that you were starting to look to get into podcasting. And in this time, since we've talked to you last, you are now in the podcasting world. I am indeed. Well, my original current intent was radio and TV broadcasting. Uh, growing up as a kid, uh, I was fascinated more with radio you know, the idea that voices and stuff came out of this little box, I'm going to show my age, show my age, <laughs> this little transistor radio was the coolest thing in the world. And I was captain and uh, my senior high school on track and broadcasting. And then I discovered that you could make a living out of teaching physical education and coaching soccer. And uh, my life took a dramatic turn at that point. But a number of years later, Sean, uh, I had the opportunity to get, actually get into radio. Uh, in the area by hosting a, a soccer radio called I Loved Immensely. Um, did it for a few years, and then like a lot of things, the money ran out, our sponsorship ran out. Um, <laughs> but at that point, you know, I, I was teaching, I was coaching, I was involved in coaching education. My soccer life was was on track and, and cruising along kind of nice. Um, and then with technology being what it is, and, and we're living through that right now as, as you and I chat, um, this whole new phenomenon of podcasting came to life. And it's and it, I dove into it, did the research, um, you know, did, took some classes and got into a seminar and got well-educated. And it satisfied my early desire and fascination with radio, now combining with my, with my background in soccer. And, I've, and I now have what's called the GP Soccer Podcast. And I just uh, tomorrow will be the end of season one. Uh, I've done 20 broadcasts. And it has been a boatload of fun. Um, the premise of the show is coaches helping coaches. Uh, I like to, and if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear me say on numerous occasions, I'd like to think that every show is a mini coaching education course. Um, I've, I've had the great pleasure, the great pleasure of having some extraordinary guests uh, on this show. Because as I've said on, on numerous occasions, I don't want it to be just my voice. Um, I just don't want it to be my voice. <laughs> so I've had folks like Ian Barker from, from United Soccer Coaches, uh, Dr. Jay Martin, Dr. Bill Steffen, Dr. Dave Carr, a lot of doctors there. Uh, yeah. 
Sky- I was going to say, I think that was only doctors. Just the only doctors. doctors right there, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sky Eddie Bruce, Sarah McQuaid. I've had some phenomenal people in the sport of soccer that I have gotten to know over the years who are not only colleagues, but they're friends. And when I reached out to them to appear on my show, they you know, were all enthusiastic. And it's just added to the, 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 the content to the show and added to the substance of the show better. Um, that, that folks, when they listen, it's, it's like taking a mini coaching education course. And uh, I encourage people to share it. Um, again, the premise being coaches helping coaches. I want to thank you guys for giving me you know, the opportunity to kind of talk about it and you know, hopefully people will tune in and, and, and they'll help uh, help them as, as soccer coaches. Well, well you, got, you, you did have a new listener today. I listened to the most recent one, the one with, uh, I'm drawing a blank, Mary. Um, oh, Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Yep. That was in a, I mean, I, I was, I, I picked that one just because one, it was the most recent, but two, I was just that you titled it very well. And, and then you, I, I clicked on the thing and it was talking about her being a referee who had walked away from the game. It was a very just interesting premise by it. Yeah, it's kind of a it's an interesting story. It's kind of a sad story uh, for folks oh, it's listening. Super sad. Uh, it's 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 without giving too much away. I want you to tune into the show. But her name is Mary Fitzgerald. She was a high school uh, soccer official here in Massachusetts for ten years. Something that she loved to do. She was passionate about it. And because of the change in behavior from coaches and parents and now players to the point where officials are being physically abused uh, on the field she she walked away and the story appeared in her in the Boston Globe in the sports page and she wrote an op-ed which uh, I, you know I read and I immediately reached out to her and, and introduced myself and she agreed to appear in, appear in the show and she offers like a very compelling story and and, and, and heightens our awareness about uh, our behavior um, something I think we we all when I say we we in this in sports not just soccer because it you know it, it permeates a, across the sporting, uh, sporting world, uh, we need to re-examine our, our, our behavior on the field, on the sideline, and in the stands. And she and she has a compelling story. Yeah, no, it, it was very, very interesting. It was well worth the listen. So if you if you haven't checked it out, GP GP podcast, uh, it was it was very it was very very fun to listen to. And like I was the only one I've listened to so far, but you guys did such a good job. You definitely got a you got a new listener from that one. Well, fantastic! Listen, spread the gospel, my friends. Spread the gospel. Well, absolutely. Absolutely well, but yeah, for you, like, like how, how has like everything been since we talked to you in January? Like, what's what's been your life, both in and out of the game so far? Well, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I'm not a head coach anymore. Um, but interestingly, Nick, I'm as busy as I've ever been in the fall. Even though I don't, I'm not a head coach anymore. I've got a lot of things on my plate in in the what we call soccer season here in the Wingland, which is the fall. You know, as I mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm doing work for United Soccer Coaches as a coach educator that I do more of that now in the fall because I'm available, um, you know, doing work for USYS. Um, you know, I, I'm overseeing like many camps we have in the three states uh, that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I also added, which I neglected to, neglected to bring up earlier. Um, I'm overseeing uh, uh, the ODP program for northern New Hampshire. So that's on my plate. Working with the goalkeepers at Regis is on my plate. Um, and then, you know, the individual goalkeeper training that I do. So, yeah, A, I don't, I don't have a big, a big pile of one thing on my plate like when I was a college soccer coach. Now I have a lot of little separate helpings on my plate. But it keeps me as busy as I've ever been. And the cool thing, the cool thing is uh, when I go to a field, I can conduct training, and then I get to go home. 
Uh, I don't have to put up with recruiting or administrators or, you know, the stuff that, that, that is now, you know, challenging, uh, as a head coach at the collegiate level. Um, so, and this, and it's different every day. I mean, I could be on coaching education course on a Saturday and working with U sixes and U eights. And on Monday I'm back at region with my college level goalkeepers. And that's the cool thing too. I'm dealing with, with all age groups, uh, all different levels and in, in, in several different States. Um, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying the post head coaching experience. Um, so um, it's pretty cool. No, that that's phenomenal. And like, like what, like what do you feel is like something that like kind of makes you reflect on how you were? Do you have you thought back to like how you were as a coach like before all this <laughs> happens, where you're you you have this new sense of like now you're actually busy? Is have you had like any reflection moments where you look back in your life as a coach and be like, man, I probably had a little bit more time than I originally thought I did. Like now that I'm doing all this stuff, that's constant. That that's been a a constant part of my coaching fabric. Um, and it really began when I when I got into coaching education because we talk about reflection with our with our candidates and our courses all the time. The, the the need to look back on you know not just the you know the previous training session or the previous game, but you know what who you were and what you were a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, and in my case, you know forty years ago. Um, so it's constant with me, um, even when I. You know, I, I did a, a four versus four United Soccer Coaches grassroots course uh, a couple of weeks ago down in Rhode Island. And on my way home in the car, I'm reflecting back to those that, that three hours I spent with the coaches down in Rhode Island and and going through the sessions and going through the presentations and going through everything in my head so that the next time I do it, it's, it's a little bit better. I, I can tweak it. And um, so reflection for me is constant. Um you know, from, from the moment I step off the field to what I did a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 plus years ago. Um, I think every coach out there needs to do that in order to remain, um, you know, self-critical and remain fresh and remain, most importantly, guys, open-minded. If you can't reflect, um, the ability to be open-minded and to learn new things, um, you know, can be stagnated, can definitely be stagnated. So, uh, constant constantly uh, in a state of reflection yeah no that's absolutely awesome like for you what's been the like the thing that you like like now that you get to like kind of take a seat step back and observe people from like a seat like what do you feel has been the thing you started to notice the most about the coaches that are coming through right now well you know like like everything else you know, the, the game has changed. Like no, no matter what walk of life, whether you're talking sports or in politics or technology, carpentry, I don't care what, what you're in, you know, as time goes on, things change. Um, and, and soccer is no different. Um, so what we're seeing in today's generation of coaches, young coaches, um, is, you know, is the advent of technology, the use of technology. We're experiencing it right now, you know, conducting this this interview via, via Skype. Um, but, you know, the use of technology with, with analytics, uh, the use of technology in formulating training sessions, the use of technology um, in, in, in analytics and in analysis um, is now a normal part of, of a coach's upbringing, so to speak. Um, you know, back when I was coming up, the idea of analytics or, you know, that kind of stuff was just it didn't exist. And certainly technology didn't exist. Um, you know, I, I was a little ahead of the curve way back when uh, when I brought out the, the big VHS camera and slapped it on my shoulder, 
you know, to videotape goalkeeper training. <laughs> that was like, whoa, what is this guy doing? Um, but, you know, that's what I see now is, is, is technology really, uh, you know, uh, really coming to the forefront. Um, the things you can do online now, online education uh, for our for our, you know, our coaches coming up now is fantastic. Two o'clock in the morning and your PJs, you want to take a coaching course? You can. So that's that's a big, big, big change, um, you know, for from when I was coming up through the ranks many years ago to what our new coaches are, 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 are experiencing now coming through the ranks. Yeah, no, that's phenomenal. And like for you, what like if you've been able to utilize that in kind of your own coaching at all? I feel like I feel like that's one of the most difficult things to do as like a coach that's gets to experience how things are changing is to actually change while things are. Like what, what's been the things that you've noticed with your own coaching, your own like stuff as you adapt to technology that you've had to use more of? Well, let me, let me, I'll offer this first before I answer your question more directly. One of the great things about being a coach educator is that we are expected to stay at the forefront of what's happening out there in the game. Um, we go through staff training every year, typically at the convention where, you know, the, some of the greatest soccer minds are brought in and, and, and we as a staff are are privy to, you know, what's new out there in terms of tactics and strategy, technology, strength and conditioning, sports psychology. So it has always allowed me when I was a head coach to be that much further ahead than my counterparts, because as, as a coach educator, I have to stay, uh, you know, on, on the cutting edge. Um, for me, I'm a little bit of an analytics junkie. Um, you know, s analytics it's kind of a slippery slope. You don't want to get kind of tied up into it, you know, but it, it certainly has its place. So for me, it's the idea of when I was coaching in college, the, the idea of using, um, you know, we have this thing called soccer meter. It's a simple little tool that you can use on your, on your, uh, on your smartphone or, you know, an iPad or any kind of smart device where you can gauge possession and passes and pass strings and time of possession uh, when you, you know, all that kind of cool stuff that, that, that you need to know as a coach, uh, tracking transition, using analysis to track transition, the transitional moments, you know, uh, who lost the ball, where did they lose the ball? Um, how many passes did it take for us to get the ball back? Who won the ball back? Um, you know, we, we score a goal, uh, on the kickoff. I was always a firm believer in getting the ball back in four passes or less so that we change the mindset from being in a euphoric state of mind uh, in scoring the goal to changing the mindset to defensive and getting the ball back. And we would track those things. We would track those things. And not to mention, you know, your, your shot charts, where shots are coming from, who's taking the shots, are the shots on goal? Um, you know, why is, why is a shot being missed? Is it a technical thing? Is it was a, a poor tactical decision? So for me, the use of analytics became a very, very important part of what I did as a collegiate coach, um, and it helped me better serve my players individually. It helped them serve them by, by block, meaning you know the, the backs, the goalkeeper, the backs, the midfields, and the forwards, and it helped me serve the team better. Um, and so that was, that's probably the biggest thing that I adopted uh, when I was a head coach, uh, the, the use of analytics um, and helping me, um, you know, serve the players and, and, and oftentimes would drive training sessions, drive training sessions. That's the biggest one. That's the biggest one. Well, that's you mentioned one. about, um, you know, with being an academy staff member that you guys have to stay in the forefront of what's going on in soccer outside of the coaching education world. 
do you feel like there are specific roles within the soccer community, whether it's DOCs, maybe it's TDs, maybe it's, um, you know, just it, what roles do you feel like? Because I feel like that what you just said is something that a lot of people miss the boat on is, is staying up with the current. Uh, I don't want to say trends, but just the current happenings within education of coaching, um, because I feel like there are are titles and positions out there where you know, it, the person may not keep up with the latest uh, technologies or the latest methods or the latest products that are being used. Um, so as, as United Soccer Coaches, you know, what is your guys' theories on more than just you yourselves having to stay up, but are there roles out there in the soccer community that also need to be staying up just like you guys are? Maybe not the same realm of like meeting with these top coaches that you guys are meeting with, but just somehow staying up with what's currently going on within soccer coaching. That is such an important question. You bring up such a very, very important point. Um, I don't do that often, so thank you for saying <laughs> Well, I'm going to tip my cap to you on that one, my friend. Uh, listen, everyone needs to be involved. Everyone needs to be uh, committed to their own personal and professional development. And, and whether you're a volunteer coach for a U8 team uh, in your community to, you know, being a DOC or a TD, uh, everyone uh, needs to be uh, involved with, with their own personal development for the very simple reason, very simple reason. If you have taken on the responsibility for the care and concern of children, the care and concern of athletes, it behooves you, it behooves you to take every coaching education course that you can, attend conventions, keep an open mind, read, have a mentor, right? I use school systems as an example for youth soccer organizations and for clubs specifically. Stop and think about what makes a great school or a great school system, right? You've got teachers who are certified and qualified. You've got teachers who are passionate about their subject area. You have teachers who are uh, who, who apply best practices and have, apply best methods. You want classrooms that are dynamic, that are that offer challenging and fun uh, teaching and learning environments. You want a school that has administrators that are that are supportive and are expert uh, in the age groups of which they they oversee. So if you're an elementary school, you want a, you want a principal who's who's into and understands uh, elementary school. All those things. All those things that make a really good school and a good school system are what makes a really good youth soccer or club organization. Because remember, guys, the players are students, the field is a classroom, the coaches are indeed teachers, and all the things that make for a great classroom make for a great soccer experience on the field. And like any good teacher, and I was a teacher for 24 years, I was a health and physical education teacher in my hometown. And I was always, always, always taking graduate courses and, and trying to stay ahead of the game in terms of best practice and best methods so I could, I could do an effective job as, a, as an educator in the classroom and the gymnasium. Those same things apply to soccer coaches. Um, whether you're a volunteer or you're, you're, you're making some serious dough as, as, a, as a, uh, a director of coaching or a technical director, if you have taken on the responsibility, like I said, and I'll beat this dead horse and I apologize, care and concern for children care and concern for athletes, it is necessary, it is vital, it, you, it is it almost mandatory that you, uh, 
you know, that you that you stay ahead of the game. And there's so much out there. We just talked about it. On, you can get online, take courses online. Um, United Soccer Coaches offers, a, you know, um, courses from the grassroots to the most advanced uh, players we have out there. So there's so much at your disposal. Um, you would be <laughs> negligent uh, to not take advantage of it. Uh, so as you can tell, I'm a little passionate about that one. But you, you asked a phenomenal question. Well, I, I asked that because I – you know, being in the club game and I'm, I see all these club mottos or club statements and you know, I know that there's, um, there's a club I saw a while back that their thing is about being the innovators in youth soccer. And, you know, I, I look at it as, you know, talking to people within the club and I'm just throwing out like examples not knowing who Beesla is or the Beesla methods, um, not really understanding the IX system or the IX Academy training style. Um, don't know what beast mode soccer is, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, even accessory things like they don't know what Torix is, don't know what Dutik brand is, things along those lines. Uh, and I have also never attended convention, have not, do not, uh, push their coaches to attend the licensing courses uh, through USSF or even the the diploma classes through uh, United Soccer Coaches. So where where it, I guess in in Nick and I's lap or our coach who's listening to this, where do we get involved in saying, hey, if this is what you're promoting, why are you not why are you not actually doing that? Because I like I said, I feel like these these clubs are are putting out this the statement that you know we are top notch with what's currently going on in soccer when in fact they're like 15, 20 years behind because they don't, they're not sending coaches to, uh, to the convention, to these license classes. Their, their top administrators aren't going to these things. So where, where can United soccer coaches where can coaches like yourself, Nick or, or myself get involved to make these things, I, I guess, keep up with what's going on. Well, yeah. You 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 touched upon a big issue there. You talk when you get it when you get into the conversation of clubs, um, that's a huge conversation, and, and you you're kind of dipping your toe into the whole pay to play thing. And um, you know what are people getting for their money? You would assume that when parents plop down their two, three, four, five thousand dollars, that the coaches that your child will be. Uh, working with have all the appropriate licensure um, that you you described and I described earlier. Um, and oftentimes they're not uh, because anyone and their brother can start a club. You can start a club. I can start a club. Anybody can start a club tomorrow. You can slap on the term elite or premier um, and make yourself sound fancy. Um, you know, uh, the bottom line here is, is you've got to, and again, I'll circle back to a club and a youth soccer organization looking like a school system. And, you know, if you're a parent and you're going to plop down that kind of money, you, you've, you've got to do the investigative work to ensure that the coaches in the club are like the, the teaching your school system, that there, there is a, a, a coach for you sixes and you eights, there's a coach for you tens, there's a coach for you twelves, there's a coach for the 14, the coach for the senior level players. Uh, and they're all certified and qualified in those areas. You want to make sure that the, the DOC, is making sure that those those coaches are, you know, are staying ahead of the game and they're getting licenses and they're going to the convention. Um, and if you're not seeing that, you know, red flag should go up. Pull your kid out of, or don't slap down the five grand to put your kid yeah. in that club. <laughs> Commitment uh, fee, don't get that back. Yeah, and, you know, and if you're seeing a coach, and this is this is crazy town, 
you know, all of a sudden you get a coach who's got the kids at U8 and he's the same coach at U10. He's got them at U12. And, you know, this is my team. Um, again, go back. Would you want your child to have your same teacher from kindergarten through sixth or seventh, or eighth grade? Of course you wouldn't. Um, so the same the same mindset applies applies uh, you know to to clubs as well. Um, you know you just got to trust um, that the DOCs and technical directors are doing the right thing. But at the end of the day, given the fact that uh, we are paying to play, that's not going to go away in this country. Um, you need to do you know practice due diligence and making sure you get an, an effective bang for your buck, just like your tax dollars. You know you want your tax dollars to go towards good school systems and good schools. Your club dollars need to go toward good clubs and good youth soccer organizations. That requires a little bit of, you know, due diligence, a little bit of investigative work um, before you slap down that that kind of money, um, you know, for a club. Um, And you kind of have to um, because at the end of the day, and I want to be fair. I really want to be fair because not every club functions this way. And I don't want to say, well, that Pacini guy thinks all clubs are you know, they're vultures and, you know, they, they, they do things in a devious fashion. <laughs> That's not what I'm suggesting. There's a lot of really good clubs out there. There are. But heck, you know, there are a lot of that aren't. Um, and there are a lot of people out there who, who start running clubs for all the wrong reasons. Um or they want to make a make they want to make a buck. Uh, and that's that's their literal bottom line. Um, so, you know, you just got to make sure that, that that you're you're practicing due diligence as a parent, and you're 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 sending your kids to the to the right club for all the right reasons. And the environment, the environment is one that your child will develop into a a sound um, sound soccer player as, as they go as they go through the process. Um, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, it, it's up to each and every one of us uh, as soccer coaches in this country to take it upon ourselves to ensure that we're applying best practices and best methods. And that requires individual work um, of which, you know, if you have any pride in what you're doing, you, you do it, you do it. Well, you mentioned something that I had learned from George AJ in my time uh, with George that I spent the two years up in Michigan. And, you know, I, I come from a place where the club coaches did have quote unquote their team and they would have them for many, many years. And some of that was just because of the, club didn't have enough coaches. So you had to stick with the group for a while. Um, or, you know, if you were successful for one year, well, Hey, you should be successful for another year. Hey, if you're successful that year, let's keep the trend going or the kids, the parents and the coach kind of get that attachment to each other and they want to stay connected, uh, because maybe it does work. Maybe it is a a positive thing uh, for the kids. But I, I learned in my time with George, um, I remember that he was, he was giving, giving out, uh, my, I think it was my first actual like staff meeting, uh, with him and, and, Midland soccer club. And, uh, somebody was saying, Oh, you know, so-and-so my team. And he was like, no, you, you had them for two years already move on. And he brought up the point. He said, you know, you wouldn't put your own child with the same teacher in school their entire time they're in school. Uh, eventually they've got to go to somebody else and hear, you know, maybe it's the same message, but it's just a different voice. And they're going to pick up from that. And that was something that I picked up from George. I, I, I think it was just because of never hearing anything of like that, you know, really like open up my eyes to like, wow, like there really is a method behind like a lot of the stuff that you hear of. And it made me also think like, especially with what, with what George is doing, uh, in, in a smaller town, uh, you know, great club that he works with uh, good kids that he's got there. Um, and I, I look at things that George is doing within his club and I'm looking back at these bigger clubs, uh, around the areas where I live. And I'm just like, if they can do it, and I find myself saying this a lot, like if George can do it with, with MSC, what are, what are they doing wrong uh, in these bigger clubs around here? 
And I, and I kind of feel like that's kind of the thing of the, just the whole, you know, a coach, like you said, a coach staying with a group for five, six, seven years or coaches not doing their the education and the club's not pushing the coaches. You know, is there something that because I, I, I remember when I took my um, uh, advanced national diploma actually with our guest who's going to be on next week. And I don't think he remembers that I was in his class, but I'm going to save that uh, for the interview. Um, and I remember, uh, you know, him saying, you know, if your clubs aren't trying to get you to come to these things, you need to find, you need to find somewhere that pushes you. Uh, because you know, we are like the, the driver's permit and U S soccer is like the actual driver's test. Uh, you know, we're here to get you ready for, for the actual test. And he's, he just kept saying, you know, if your, your club or your school isn't pushing you to do this, you know, I'm not trying to tell you to, to find somewhere else to go, but you need to find somewhere that's going to constantly make you better. And, you know, just like he, he basically said, you know, just like you want to do for your players, you want your players to do what's best for their development. If they've got to go to another club, they got to go to another coach. They got to go over here and learn something. They got to go over here, and learn something. just like them as coaches. We have to go to these various things to learn and, and make our development progress as well. Oh, there's no question about that. And, and, I, I think you could use the word esteem with our friend George as well. Hey, there we go. You know, and, and, and George, young. George is young and esteemed. George, yeah, he's young. You know, I know George well, so I'll use the word esteemed as well for our good friend George Hedgeage. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, George is a good. He's a good man and a good friend. A good friend. Uh, no, you hit. You, you know, you you hit all the right buttons there. Um, you know, I am batting a thousand tonight. I'm. You this, are, I, may, man. I may retire after this night. Listen, I bring out the best <laughs> in everybody. I bring out the best <laughs> in everybody. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I'm going to take a right turn on you here. One of the things that, you know, is part of our discussion here and part of what we're talking about here uh, is, is the insurance that we as American soccer coaches are developing creative players. You know, we talk about coaching education. We talk about applying best practices. We talk about applying best methods and making sure that you, the, the, the coach that you have in a club have the appropriate licensure. Americans are never going to be are never going to be known for developing their creative players, at least on the men's side. The women's <laughs> side is a, the women's side is a whole different different situation altogether. They're light years ahead of the on the men's side for a variety of reasons, which could be another show altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the men's side, you know, we we a, a conversation would not be complete if we don't talk about the capacity, the willingness, the knowledge to develop creative players. And when I say develop creative players, not just an individual basis, the capacity for two players, three players to combine to do something creative is part of that that, that equation as well. Uh, I know in all the coaching education courses that I teach from the grassroots to the most advanced, I always show a, a short little snippet of creative play. I've got this really cool one of this little six-year-old from is from Italy. And this this little munchkin is like dynamite, right? And I show it to the coaches. I'm like, you know, this doesn't have to be like a freak of nature or an aberration. This is something that if you do it right, you can you can develop these types of creative players. Um, and, you know, we're, we, we're, we're at a shortage in this country. And again, the United States is not known for developing creative players. We don't have a Messi. We don't have a Ronaldo. You know, we don't have... Um, you know, a Cruyff, uh, you know, showing my age here, but uh, we're, we're not known for that. Um, and we need to be known for that. We need to, you know, make that part of our, our mindset. Um, where we find our most creative players are in our ethnic leagues. 
um, you know, our Latinos, um, you know, our kids of color who are playing in those ethnic leagues uh, in, in our inner cities, they are phenomenally creative. And we need to tap oh. into that community even more um, and, and, and apply those dynamics and recreate those dynamics, if it's at all possible, in, you know, white suburbia. I'll cross that line. White suburbia. Go for and, it. Go for it. You got to get away from soccer being for this, you know, white suburban soft sport and look at what's happening in the inner city and look what's happening in the Latino community, uh, in our Hispanic and, and, and African-American communities where these kids are just so wonderfully dynamic and creative. And it's because of the environment of which they 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 grew up. I'm, I'm going to give some props to a, a super good friend of mine, Darius Shirzadi, who uh, oversees Project Gold down in, uh, uh, down in Rhode Island in Central Falls. And in a nutshell, um, you know what Darius does? He goes into the inner cities, and uh, it's it's all academically driven. You know, kids are allowed to play soccer in the afternoon if they meet you know certain uh, academic standards. And if they don't meet the academic standards, behavioral standards, they're not allowed to play soccer. Now, this is a lower socio socioeconomic community in, in Rhode Island, and he is doing God's work. And I remember the first time I went down there to, to do a clinic for him, and I walked into this little gym in Central Falls, Rhode Island, and there had to be, there had to be like 30 kids, all of color, uh, wrestling for this one or two balls because the program hadn't started yet, so they're just having some free play. And my jaw dropped um, at the creativity, um, the the edge of which they were they, they were they were playing the game. And I went, "This, this is what we're this is what we're, we're talking about. This is what we need to have happening, you know, all across our our, our country." Um, He's doing great work, uh, Darius Shazadi. You know, check him out at Project Goal. Uh, he, he is, he's gone on, and his kids now, and his program is, is at a point now. He's got kids going off to you know Division One schools, and they're and they're doing wonderfully uh, in the academic realm as well as on the soccer field. But um, no, a, a conversation regarding player development in our country, a conversation regarding coaching development in our country, uh, is not complete unless we include conversations about development of creative players uh, and the need to develop creative players. Uh, that would then separate us from a lot of other countries because we have the athletic players. You know, we have the players who can play with grit and determination. It's part of the American uh, sporting psyche and culture, if you will. You throw in the capacity to regularly develop creative players, right? There's nothing the United States couldn't do in terms of our, our national stage, our national stage. So that's my rant on creativity. I love it. No, I, it's funny for me because, like, literally my, like, most creative player has never played a lick of club soccer. She She's from Denver, Colorado, and a Hispanic player and literally grew up just playing in Hispanic leagues. Like, that's that's all she grew up ever playing. And if you want to come and, like, if you ever watch our team and you, like, you ask just anyone who's the most creative player on the ball, it's Ezzy. It's not even close. And literally, a girl has never played a lick of club soccer anywhere. So it, I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. And it's really cool to just, like, like hear other perspectives on that, too, because I think that that's definitely something that we're missing a lot of. But one of the things we definitely have to get to uh, before, I mean, because we could talk about this stuff forever. You, you're, you're the easiest person to interview ever because, like, again, I feel like we could just say soccer and you could go for an hour. And that's like, it makes, it makes you so much fun and easy to interview. But one of the things we do want to do is talk about like, what's your role at convention this year? Like what are kind of the things that you're doing it, it, that are involved in that we're going to get to see at Baltimore? 
So this year, I'm a soccer coach at the convention. Uh, I'm not presenting this year. I have presented on numerous occasions, which is always uh, an honor and always a treat uh, to be able to present. But this year just hasn't happened. It's not one of those years, which is fine. So I'm going to go down and, um, you know, like a lot of coaches, I'll, I'll be making some connections. I'll be down there doing a little bit of business. Uh, I will be uh, promoting my podcast. Uh, I'll be handing out business cards like, you know, like they're candy uh, to promote <laughs> the podcast. Um, you know, meeting with meeting with folks, um, you know, uh, from from USYS and, and uh, we'll have our staff training with United Soccer Coaches, uh, you know, business meetings here and there. But at the end of it all, guys, I'm going to be in the stands with my notebook like I have since day one. I'm going to be watching sessions. I'm going to be learning. Uh, I'm going to go to as many presentations as I can uh, so I can walk away after those, you know, that, that four, those four days or five days uh, a little smarter, a little bit more enlightened um, so I can better serve my constituents uh, as, a, as a coach educator and, and as a coach. Um, so that's going to be my role at, at United Soccer Coaches this year, um, you know, and we head down to um, – to Baltimore next month. That would be awesome. What what are is if you find any sessions that like you're really particularly interested in going to? You know, it runs the gamut. I haven't taken a close look at the schedule yet. I kind of perused it. Um, you know, from for me now that my role has changed a little bit. I'm not a head coach in college soccer. You know, for those years, I would go to a lot of sessions that. I could go to a session and and take information and take notes that would then pertain to my coaching at the college level. But now that I'm I'm across the board, I'm I'm dealing more with you literally U sixes all the way up to the senior level player. You'll see me in the stands, you know, for a youth presentation. Then you'll see me in the stands uh, for something that that's that's far more applicable to advanced players. Um, you know, I'm fascinated now with uh, with sports psychology. Um, you know, making sure that we're we're preparing our athletes from quote unquote the neck up. So I'm across the board, um, you know, to, to whatever whatever's out there that I think best serves me now um, as a coach educator, as a clinician, as a player development uh, 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 person. Um, yeah, I, my toe will be dipped into a lot of different different little ponds down there in Baltimore. So, will you be, be doing the uh, the podcast row down there? What's that? Are you doing podcast row? No, I'm not. I will come with a tape recorder in hand, though, and there'll okay. be a lot of there'll be a lot of uh, uh, you know brief interviews and stuff I want to kind of put together. And uh, again, I'm just concluding what I'm referring to as season one of GP Soccer Podcast. Season two will begin just after the convention. Um, for the very simple premise, I'll come back, as you guys very well know, with lots and lots and lots of information and new contacts and stuff that will fill in, I'm quite sure, several shows after the uh, after the convention. So uh, I'll do a lot of recording. Well, as always with the uh, Soccer Chat, you know, it's all about we're creating this this big network of coaches who are, who are all learning from each other. And, and you know, somebody of your expertise at such a young age already, uh, a lot of us could, could really hitch on and, and learn from. And maybe there's somebody who's listening to this right now or maybe they've listened to your podcast before and they, they now say, hey, like, I, okay, like, now I'm not scared anymore. I can reach out to this guy and I, I want to talk to him more. Uh, what are all the ways that uh, people can connect with you? So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, that means a lot to me. When I when I do a coaching education course, one of the first things I hand out is my business card, has my has my cell phone number, has got my email address, uh, and I encourage people to to contact me. Uh, my job is to ensure that uh, every coach here in this country becomes a better American soccer coach, whether you've taken a course with me or not. Um, so yeah, you can get a hold of me uh, at, at uh, my email address, which is GP4Soccer, and that's the number four. 
at yahoo.com or my cell phone number is 617-968-1800. My website is gp-soccer at, uh, at uh, gp-soccer.com. Um, and uh, yeah, reach out to me and um, I'll be more than happy to you know return calls, emails, texts um, to help you become a better American soccer coach, certainly. Well, I can tell you, I, I, I don't think much has changed. You are still that uh, whipping young Irish man that you said that you were oh, yeah. uh, in Chicago. Uh, I don't think much is much has changed from you, but uh, you know, we have, like we said, we, we've got a, a great uh, uh, engineer in what's going forward in soccer and, and an educator. Uh, okay. Like when I do my next course, like I want to make sure you're the teacher. And I guess that means I'm going to have to fly somewhere on the East coast, uh, to make that happen. But I'm, I'm guessing I'm gonna have to do that. But, uh, you know, we, we want to thank you so much, Giovanni for coming on, uh, with us and, and getting everybody ready for convention and, and bringing your knowledge, uh, to the show. And as we, we always say, we'll probably have to do this again because there's so much more to divulge with you. Uh, and, and like Nick said, you're a great guest to have on easy to talk to. Uh, and, and we just want to thank you so much for coming on with us. No, no, I, w- I want to reverse it all and thank you guys. Uh, meeting you guys last year in Chicago was such a joy. Uh, and as easy it was, I guess, to talk to me, it was is equally as easy to talk to you guys. Your passion for the game, your passion for what you're doing uh, in terms of broadcasting as, as you're doing with, with Soccer Chat is is fantastic stuff. And uh, we are like-minded people. So when like-minded people get together, the conversation flows uh, the flows easily. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for having me on, on the show. And uh, I am quite sure our paths will cross again soon. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the only thing that will make your podcast even better is you've got to find um, someone who just shows up and talks and get yourself your own Nick. <laughs> is, is Nick available? Nick Nick is jumping ships on me right now. I I can't. I can't. I mean, you you are the best. One of the best guests we've ever had. I cannot abandon Sean. Sean's my guy. All right. Okay. I I guess. I guess Sean, you're stuck with him. I guess. I guess it makes me feel like I'm not good at what I do. Okay. That's fine. It it takes two of us to get better. But Giovanni, thank you so much for coming on with us. You're welcome. You're welcome. The cool thing about with this show and everything is we have great people that connect us to other great people. And just, I still remember the first time and you obviously do too, when we were interviewing Giovanni at convention last year, he's just a person that you can just listen, talk for like ever. Like, I mean, there's, there's not a point where I, like, I, I forget how long the show we did with him was, but it wasn't long enough. Because I could have listened, I could have listened to him keep talking for the remainder of the show. Oh yeah, I I remember when we talked to him in Chicago, we were just like, okay, like we need to do a longer episode uh, with him, and we finally got the opportunity to. And it doesn't help, it doesn't help the fact that he has such an angelic voice. You, you know, you can tell he's he's he was a he's a radio guy. Uh, you know, at convention last year, he and I got to talk at length about. Um, both of our careers uh, in in radio broadcasting, and he's a guy that has now found a new platform to uh, convey his love uh, for the game, and he's got his own podcast going. Which you know, secretly, I'm kind of like, hell, yeah, you know, he asked us how we did our thing last year, and now he's doing it. Like, I'm not going to take all the credit, Giovanni, but uh, I'll take like three percent of the credit uh for for what's going on but uh you know i just i love the direction that he's going i love his his energy his enthusiasm uh and and someone who 
you know, we've only talked to the man twice. Like we, we talked to him in Chicago. Uh, I've, I've exchanged a few text messages with him uh, since that time. Uh, but this was like our first time like reconnecting with him. And it was just like we talked to him a week ago. Uh, just a, a great guy, a uh, great person to, uh, to be connected to. Oh, I mean, he's just, again, he's, again, every conversation that you have, you're like, man, you're just a really fun person to talk to you. <laughs> I can just listen to your, your, just, your voice just keep going for the entire time. But I, I, that was the part that's been cool for me with just like conventions. I don't know if I told you this story. It was kind of an interesting one from, uh, it was like three weeks back. I definitely haven't told you this and I have no idea why. We talk almost every single day because you hate um, me. Just, just I admit it. Low key hate you. It's just, okay. it's we've been we've been working together for two years and eight months or whatever, and it's just it's run its course. It's time. No, I'm kidding. Just because um, you got engaged, you found someone new. You're kicking me to the curb. <laughs> I see how. But it is. Uh, no, yeah, it's exactly it. it's 100 percent it. But uh, so I was at the airport um, coming back from North Carolina, and I walked past uh, Dean Linky. And who we'd, we'd obviously met at convention last year. And so it was funny. We both, like, I gave him like the friendly, like nod and high and he did the same, but like, I don't think he remembered who I was right away. And so I was actually, I, I went back and I was hanging out with the Knox coaches who, again, I don't know why I'm good friends with everyone in our conference. Like I probably should like have like some distance, but like me and the Knox coaches were having beers at like an Applebee's, I think in the airport, just waiting for our plane to take off. And, uh, he like, came back and he like saw me and like, I'm wearing my usual red mama hoodie, which is good. Cause like Hashtag it's, red hoodie. It's, it's very recognizable at this point. And he's like, he's like, I interviewed you at convention last year. Remind me of your name. And I was like, Oh, Nick Rizzo. I'm like, don't worry about it. I know you interview like a bazillion people. And he's like, no, I remember you coaching mom with you were really excited about it, blah, blah, blah. And so like, he actually like sat down and had like a five, 10 minute conversation with me, but it was just pretty cool. Cause he like cycled back. Cause like we both did like the friendly nod and stuff. And I knew who he was. And he knew who I was, but definitely not right away, but took the time to come back and uh, say hi and uh, just have a quick conversation with me. But so I, I thought that was pretty cool. Like it was Look like, well, at the, you. Look at you. Then we made a convention last year. And so it was pretty it was just pretty funny. I think honestly, like no joke, the red hoodie did me did me good because I don't think anyone would recognize me without that anymore. Look at you, man. The superstar. I no, love- it was just. It was funny. Like it was just. I'm not, was I'm really not getting funny. recognized in the airports. <laughs> and so you're just not walking past the right people. Dean, Dean Linky would recognize you. He interviewed you too. I I don't know. I'm 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 pretty forgetful face here. Uh, other than if he like heard me talk, maybe he'd be like, "Hey, like you sound familiar." I get that a lot. I do at 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 like camps and stuff. I'll get that of like, "Hey, like you sound familiar." Yeah, no, you got you got that like you got that like voice that draws you in, just like that, like you're like that velvety voice, you know. You're just like, yeah, like I people people are drawn to it again. That's why you do the intro every week, and you ask me every week to do it, and I say no kindly, um, because it's we need to draw people in, and that's that's where you thrive. Well, then we need to start doing videos with your face all over if we're trying to draw people in. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you're putting me over. I think you're wanting something for Christmas. I don't. I don't know what it is yet, but you, you're, you're reaching pretty big. But uh, I don't know. You got you got some pretty sick guests coming up. Those are those are pretty awesome Christmas gifts that I'm pretty excited about. Well, and and some I haven't told you about. Just keeping 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 you on your toes. I I mean honestly, like I'm I am anxious. I like the one that we announced last night with uh, Becky Burley. Again, I I just tweeted out. I'm like I have like a, a plan to make her my best friend eventually. 
So okay. uh, that's like we get to keep working on that plan this year. Do you have like uh, what what is, what does this plan consist of? I'm kind of intrigued by this because if I can if I, I can assist in this, I'm going to assist in this. I mean, I feel like it's something I can tell you like like off air because I don't want everyone to know the plan because oh. then all of our listeners would uh, I don't know like maybe they'd try to use it to make Becky Burley their best friends and I like I she can only have one best friend. I feel like the uh, the uh, the the group of Rizzo lovers would like use their platforms to help you. Like, you <laughs> got a pretty big backing. I think that they would actually help you in this process. I mean, I like I don't know. Maybe let me let me let me think. Let me sleep on this one. Maybe next week we'll reveal some of the parts of. So the you plan. don't really have a plan. Like you need to think of one tonight. <laughs> that, that's more. That's more the case of what's going yeah. on. It happens. Again, uh, I, I tell people all the time, I'm an idea man, and then I just need people to execute it for me. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's why you're a coach. You've got the ideas. You just need execution from the players. Correct. 100% correct. And we got, yes, we got that one figured out. Um, so, you know, as we mentioned numerous times, uh, United Soccer Coaches Convention, uh, January 16th through the, uh, the 19th. Um, in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, fantastic venue. Uh, it'll be, uh, about 10 years since I've been to the, the convention in Baltimore. Uh, I, that was my first one that I went to a good friend of ours, Scott Wilson. Uh, I, I was following him there the whole time and he kind of introduced me to the convention and, and all the goings about onto it. And, uh, I, am more proud. I, I, I tried to do it with Nick last year, but he was such a superstar that it, he kind of led the way for a little bit. Uh, but you know, any, any of our listeners who, if it's your first convention, by all means, I mean, talk to Nick, talk to myself, talk to other, uh, soccer chatters out there, you know, we will help you as much as we can, uh, you know, navigate your way around the convention. It's going to be awesome. It's fantastic. Um, you know, if you haven't registered and you're planning on going, do it now. Like what, what are you waiting for? Uh, this would be an excellent time to, uh, to use the, uh, uh, Taylor Twelman sounder. I need to get a soundboard. So anytime that we have something where we want to say that we can just hit it. And all of a sudden you hear, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, so get registered United soccer coaches.org. Check it out. Uh, a fantastic lineup of presenters, uh, which, you know, still isn't finalized yet, but what they have released, uh, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, we're going to be there. Soccer chat live is going to be there at podcast row, uh, all week. And then we've got some shows in the vendors, uh, booths at the exhibit hall, just like we did last, uh, last year. And we'll be announcing some of those as time goes on. We're really excited about, uh, getting back into the exhibit hall and, and doing some shows there for, uh, some vendor friends of ours, uh, and helping promote their brands and getting you guys interested. Maybe we can, uh, do some type of interactive shows, uh, since you guys will all be in the exhibit hall, uh, and any exhibitors who are listening, I mean, Hey, Hey, holla at you boys. We, we will promote, 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 uh, as, as much as, as much as we can. And if you want to hook us up with some, uh, hook us up with some of your swag, we will definitely appreciate any swag that is given our way. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we, we take free stuff as, as much as the next person. I just gotta be able to carry it on a plane. That's my only, that's the only thing that I ask is make sure I can fit it in my bag. Dude, I still have the freaking convention sign from last year that you maybe had in my garage. <laughs> I know, and I keep saying, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna drive. Uh, I'm driving to Chicago to, and I'll like put it in my car." And every time that I've been around you, that I've been in Chicago, I have not driven. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, but it, I will figure you, out a way. You wouldn't fit in just a car. You need like an SUV. It is. Well, that's, it that's is what so I have. large. That's what it's I have. Good. So it'll be. It'll be all right. Uh, you know what? Now that you think about you, now that you say that, uh, the total sidebar. 
I don't think you would have to have an SUV because my wife has a little itty bitty hatchback and can put an eight foot ladder comfortably in her car. The sign was 10 feet, Sean. Oh, was it? Yeah. Like oh, okay, it was like mind. above my head on the way back. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it was I'll so take your word big. for it. I'll take your word for it. I don't know if it's that big. Look oh. look at the picture of you next to it. Okay. You I'm can't ready. touch you can't tap, touch the top of it. Let's let's get this here. I, I before we get out of here, we got it. We got to figure this out. I'm gonna we're gonna get this conf- confirm confirmation. Uh, I could, was the two. was the podcast row sign last year ten feet tall? Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, I'm I'm getting because I still have all the convention photos on my phone. Uh, that's what type of guy I am here. Uh, here we go. Here we go. I'm in, I'm in I'm in the uh, the convention area. Here we go. Here we go. That is not 10 feet tall. <laughs> it made it felt. No, no. Okay. So <laughs> no one can see this. No one can see this. I mean, unless you go back on the uh, soccer chat page on Facebook, you can totally see this. I'm going to show Nick as we're recording this. That thing is not 10 feet tall. You are not nine foot because that thing is a <laughs> foot above your head. That's, I feel like that's not correct. I feel like that's totally correct because are you saying that you're nine feet tall? No. Okay. Well, that thing's only about a foot bigger than you. So, I, I, I need picture evidence of this. <laughs> that was a picture. That was a picture. Uh, just, just, just stack it up against you. Just stack it up against you, and you'll see. It's in the, it's in the garage. Oh, okay, it, I, I just found the picture. All right, that thing's not ten feet tall. It felt ten feet tall. My freaking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, and and the, and the arguments like we just had is what you guys will get uh, in Baltimore. So make sure to sign up uh, for that so you can be a part of it. Big shout out to our friends over at Torex. Uh, wait, I'm going early on this. Uh, but we'll go ahead with it. We'll keep it rolling. Torx, T-O-R-R-X.com uh, for the greatest ball pump and accessory uh, that, that you can have. If you need more accessories, go to dutickbrand.com. Use the promo code SOCCERCHAT to get yourself a fantastic and a sweet discount on all your coaching accessory needs like notebooks, like training cards, like stickers, like pins, like hats, like shirts, and even the famous Dutick brand neck warmer. I'm, I don't know if it's their most famous product, Nick. But I'm going to put that neck warmer over so much that I want every I want it to sell out every time they get a new order in. I mean, honestly, my I mean, I still am a very big fan of their notebooks. Like, I, I definitely I bought my uh, my men's coach one from the other day. So, uh, like, I I'm, I'm using them as gifts now for any soccer friend that I have. Oh, there you go. So if you're a soccer friend of Nick, you already know what you're getting because he ruined Christmas for you. Yep. And you're probably not getting gifts. I, I'm very like I'm a very frugal with giving gifts, especially now because you've got a wedding to play to pay for. Yeah. And we got we're inviting like 800 people. So gee, many Christmas. Well, speaking of 800 people, if you want to uh, to be one of the 800 that chat with Nick all the time on Twitter and, and join our conversation, Nick, how can they do so? Best way is at Coach N. Rizzo. What about you, brother? Mine is at Coach Soderling. Join the conversation, like we said, every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Want to know who our Soccer Chat guests are? Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our Twitter feed. Uh, all you got to do is just get the notification button. It's got the bell with the plus sign on it. Click on that so you can make sure to know, uh, get all the notifications of the latest updates when it comes to Soccer Chat Live uh, as we approach the United Soccer Coaches Convention in January. Man, what a week it's been. 
And it's going to be a great week because this is a listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. Best way you can help us out is help your boys out by giving them a nice little five-star rating review. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five. That's the best way to help us out. Uh, and I write a nice review on there. We enjoy it. It brings a smile to our face when we get a notification that we've got a new review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure to leave us a review and a rating on there. That's one of the best ways you can support us. But the absolute best way you can support us is sharing the links when the show comes out every single Thursday. Uh, let your friends know that you're listening. Make sure to let us know that you're listening. Uh, let us know what your favorite parts are. Uh, maybe you're hearing this and you're like, hey, uh, I'm going to get Nick a Christmas present so that he gets me one back. Uh, you can reach out to him that way uh, and and let him know that you were listening. It's soccer chat. It's a Twitter chat. It's a podcast. It's more than that. It's a network. It's a family. It's a community. And the best part about soccer chat is we get to do it again, all over again next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we'll catch you later. See you later, brother. All right. What do you want your intro song to be? Oh, my, me? Yeah. I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I've seen him 56 times. Gee, many wow. Christmas. 56 times. So, you know, Bruce.